Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode 20 of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast, presented by Double L Sports Network. I am your host, Lauren Leach, once again, and joined, as usual, by Mark Allen. Mark, we are having a fantastic week so far. Yeah, fun week, man. Uh, hey, thinking about number 20, huh? Uh, let's go locally. Hey, how about an old school one? I'll give you Dave Conger, the outlaw from Oshkosh, for some of the old timers that will remember. That was the loudest race car ever. <laughs> and, that's, and that's not joking at all. He uh, he definitely had the loudest race car. He, You ask anybody in Oshkosh, say, who's their greatest driver? And they would definitely say Dave Conger. So that's my number 20 for today. Yeah, how about um, Matt Kenseth as well, uh, talking about the NASCAR ranks. I think he did race a few super late model races up here as number 20 as well. And and how about how about me? <laughs> what, on iRacing, you think you're famous? <laughs> hey, I, all joking aside, I, Maybe am, to me. I am an Arca Menards champ on there, you know. Then I, I guess that makes you a champ, so I guess I'll have to bow down and uh, – um, and I'll, and I'll salute you right here. So there you go, buddy. Number 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is pretty cool, but just kind of joking there. Um, man, yeah. how about, uh, how about Tuesday night out at Wisconsin international raceway? It was the Gandrude auto group Two Fifty. Uh, fantastic night. Uh, great weather. Uh, got a little cool at the end. Um, but man, uh, just an overall great night. You know, when I walked through the gate and I seen how the haulers were parked, I went, I mean, just right right off the bat, just like, hey, look at that. Brought back a little shades of, uh, of uh, five flags down in Pensacola, how they park them like that. And and I see they've got a little survey going and out there to see how they liked it. And I think it's 100% that everybody liked it, except the crews couldn't watch the race in the backstretch. But uh, as for the fans, I think the fans just loved it. Absolutely. Yep. And, and we were a couple of those fans that said the same thing, the way they did it this year was, was a great, great way to do it. Yeah. I guess I never thought about the cruise a little bit. That would kind of be a bummer. Um, uh, but hopefully they can make something work with, uh, with doing that because that was, uh, you could see the whole track, no problem. You know, they can install a ladder and get up on top of their trailers. You know, that's, that's been done before. Well, um, they weren't allowed to, so I know many of them have it, but they were not allowed to do that. So, uh, that was oh, I did not know that. Yeah, was, I saw a comment on social media earlier today that said they weren't able to get on their haulers. And I think that was the biggest complaint from them. Um, so oh. they can work something out there, but as fans, uh, you couldn't ask for a better view. Yeah, for sure. You know, you could see the whole racetrack, you know, you could see turn three and four, um, all in all, great event. That was a fun night. Have a good birthday there, buddy. Oh yeah. Hey, thanks. Uh, yeah. Um, you couldn't, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, you know, uh, other than out at the racetrack. So, um, yeah, just, uh, just a great night. Had the family out there. Uh, you were out there, friends were out there. So, um, yeah, I really couldn't ask for, for a better one. Yeah, we were out at, uh, I was out at the Majeski table and, and we were selling pretty well out there. And uh, the roundup show was right next to us with Jim Trado, you know, and we kind of mingled with those guys through the through the day and got to see lots and lots of race fans out there. And uh, they packed the house 
wow, big crowd. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> all in all, all in all, a really great day. Yeah, an absolute great crowd. Uh, one of the best I've seen in, in recent memory anyway. Um, just, a, just a great event, as we've, we've said a few times here. Uh, but let's, let's get into the action here. So uh, the Gandrud Auto Group 250 started off. Carson Hosevar was the first leader. He led a few laps early. Then Bobby Kendall took the lead for about 30 to 40 laps before a, uh, a uh, caution came out for Jeff Van Outenhoven. Uh, they thought maybe the distributor went bad. The engine just kind of shut off there. Um, that came with uh, 231 to go. Well, Hosevar and uh, Van Outenhoven, they, were, they started on the front row, and they, they traded laps back and forth. I think Jeff got a couple laps in there, and then uh, – yeah, and it was a bummer. All of a sudden, you see him got shut down in turn two there, and glad nobody piled into him while he was sitting up there on the high side. But he was fast. Um, he had something for him, but, yeah, that ruined his night. Yeah, he was looking really, really good early. Um, unfortunate uh, for them. I know they were looking forward to it, um, but it went awry kind of early for them, unfortunately. Um, so when they get, get back going to green, uh, Ty Majeski, he took the lead. Uh, with only 46 laps completed, 204 laps to go. Um, he, uh, he was the dominant car all night. You could see that real early. That was, uh, that was quite obvious that you knew that tie was hooked up and ready to go. So then a uh, caution with 188 laps to go. Ryan Farrell uh, was stuck over in turn four. They actually did tow that thing off, but then he got back in, and I'm sitting there looking. I actually had to go on race monitor to see if he lost a lap, and he actually stayed on the lead lap. So I don't know what went awry there, if that was a tire issue or something that they were able to get fixed really quick, but he got back out there. Uh, the top five at that caution were Ty Majeski, Bobby Kendall, Casey Johnson, Austin Nason, and Paulie Schaefer. Um, some guys did come down pit road, all but nine lead lap cars. Um, and uh, so Ty was the first one to pit there because he was the leader, so he was going to restart 10th. Um, so that gave the lead to Kendall once again. Schaefer was second, Aiden Lapsovich third, Andy Monday fourth, and Jonathan Island the top five there when we restart with 178 to go. Um, talk about Caden Lapsovich there. Um, that that kid was really, really impressive. That car was on the scoreboard all night long. That 16 car had track position that whole race. Absolutely, and uh, – while we're while we're talking about uh, his impressive, let's uh, let's hear from him right now. Here with second place finisher Caden Lapsovich. Am I pronouncing that correct? Yeah, you got it. All right, perfect. Um, Twenty years old, came down from Canada to run this for the first time. I would say you were the most impressive car out there, other than Ty. Yeah, you know Ty was hard to beat. Um, anytime you finish second to him, that's nothing to hang your head down on. But uh, you know I can't thank everybody at Rowdy Manufacturer and Bob Blunt. Uh, we brought a good piece. Um, I was a little worried about it after our mock run and qualifying that we did, um, or mock run in practice, sorry, but you know, I backed it up with pretty solid qualifying result, and we made, made good calls all throughout the race and maintained track position and got ourselves into a position where we could have contended for a win, we just needed a little bit more. What, um, what made you come down and, and attempt this race here? Um, it's just, it's Kikana, it's the Dixieland 250. It's, you know, Bob won it, or I don't know if he won it, but he's ran it, and um, 
know, the guys at Rowdy convinced us to come do it. We came and tested, loved it. It made our decision easy. So it was a fun place. Um, you know, I watched this race last year on Speed 51, and I, I said, you know, I want to do that. So I'm happy we got here, and uh, I think we got something good to work off of. Where do you race normally? Uh, lately, it's just been mostly uh, Indiana, Ohio stuff. Well, Ohio shut down right now, but so Indiana. Um, we've been doing a lot of uh, outlaw super late model racing. Um, and we got to race Thursday, actually, with that car. But, uh, you know, this is the first time we had this car out, and I'm, ha I'm happy how it performed. Did somebody ever tell you how to get around this place? Did somebody coach you? Uh, Bob Lund did. He was, he was pretty good at, uh, I guess he was pretty good here. So, um, give me a lot of pointers. He said it hasn't changed since the last time he was here. So, <laughs> it was fun. I, uh, I like learning these new racetracks, especially these ones that are tricky. So, um, Do you think you'll be back at some point, either for a weekly show or back for the Dixieland 250? You know, I don't know if we'll come run a, a weekly show. It's it's quite the haul for us to do. Um, but I, I definitely would say we'll be back next year to run this race again. And because uh, I, I think we got a good notebook now, um, and there's there's more speed there. We just we got to find it. What did you need to get up to first there and get by Ty? I just needed a bit more turn in the center, um, especially down in turns one and two. That's where I struggled the most all night. Um, three and four, I felt pretty good. I felt like I could hang with them there, but one and two just especially coming off of two he was killing me and, and that's where that's what i needed but um it's like i said we got a notebook we got something to work with uh, i'm happy how that car performed the first time out this year and uh you know we'll, we'll come back and be better hopefully so you're a canadian champion is that a national champion or are you multi-tracks or, or what kind of champion are you of coming from canada it's called the nascar pinty series yep. so it's the canadian the way I, I explain it to people in the States is it's the Canadian version of ARCA. So we they travel, it's like a 12 race series, um, mostly split up between half road courses, half ovals. And uh, yeah, I won that in 2016. Um, I was also the rookie of the year that year and uh, I've just been racing, having fun ever since. Good, having fun. That's exactly. the best part, right? Always. Yeah. I think you see guys like uh, Andrew Ranger run that occasionally yep. and all that stuff. So we've heard of him down here racing a little bit of NASCAR stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Well, uh, great, uh, great night tonight. Thanks for taking the time and good luck the rest of the way. What's what's next for you? Uh, the Summer Sizzler at New Pair Speedway with an outlaw late model on Thursday, actually. Perfect. All so right, we well, gotta go home, unload, reload. <laughs> back great the great meeting you. Very yeah, good. nice meeting. Thank you. Yeah, good luck the rest awesome. of the way. Appreciate Thank it. You. Well, we found out that uh, Caden was driving a rowdy manufacturing car, was talked into coming down, and uh, like we said, uh, probably the most impressive car uh, or, or driver out there besides Ty, only for the fact that it was kind of surprising. He never saw the track before, and to perform that well uh, says a lot. Yeah, I had to ask him, like, hey, buddy, who coached you uh, to run around here, you know? And uh, somebody's got to give him a heads up on how to get there and uh um <laughs> very very impressive to be the first time there and run that i'd like to see him come back again for sure oh absolutely no doubt um i think a lot of people would after after that running there um so we go back to green with 178 to go again uh kendall uses the high side and leads again uh, but then a caution comes out with 155 to go solder and mondike make contact and two and mondike spins you know, and I, that's what you called me over to the tech line last. I was over on the other side of the pits and I actually was talking, I was talking to uh, Justin Mondike and uh, giving him a high five. He was happy with that. 
he says they're making strides at that. That's the best run he's ever had at Kakana. And, um, and I, I always thank him for what he does for the vets up north there. So, yeah, he's one of my favorite guys to actually move up to after the races. Yeah, what a, what a great kid he is. He does a lot for the veterans, uh, did a lot for the coaching program as well. And to get uh, Alan's name out there, which is their goal. So uh, just a great kid who continues to get better and better. Hey, and I, I had a good close-up of that paint job on that car. That yeah, was a, a new one. Uh, he's got a name for that car. I can't think of it right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there was a super paint job, and and he was signing all kinds of autographs and everything. So, yeah, I, I like Dustin a lot. So then some more cars come down uh, pit row there, uh, one of them being uh, Kendall, then Eilin, uh Johnny Sauter pit, Gabe Summers, um, the 52 of Baker, and the four of Fenhouse pit. Um, so that gave the top five up to Paulie Schaefer, Aiden Lapsovich, uh, Ty Majeski, Andy Monday, and Rich Bickle made his way into the top five there. Um, on the restart, boy, Ty Majeski blows by Paulie Schaefer and takes the lead with about 150 to go there. Um, but then, unfortunately, we just mentioned him. Rich Bickle has some more issues with 134 to go, and that's the guy that could use a break. Yeah, we asked him what happened to the vehicle. Do you remember? It was a brand-new part. Yeah, I don't uh, I, I don't know that I was uh, involved in that conversation, but uh, I, I walked up to him and said, man, you could uh, man, you could change your luck there. And I think uh, you made the comment, yeah, maybe you need to hang a horseshoe in the trailer. So, uh that's what I said. Yeah, a new horseshoe is what he needs. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's uh, he could sure use that at the minimum. That car has been super, super fast, but the luck has not been there. Yeah, he said he wouldn't have a problem if they were old parts. He said, but they're brand new parts that are breaking on him. And, uh, yeah, I kind of feel for him, especially when he's as fast and he's getting to the end of his career. Sure, like to see him pull off one of them. You know, that would be really popular if he pulled that off. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so uh, that did not bring out the caution, but Gabe Summers, he ended up being three laps down with a different issue. He came back out on the track and had more issues, and the caution comes out with 129 to go. So just five after Bickle had his first issue. Um, Gabe Summers, that's a guy that we were looking forward to having a great night, a guy who's had a lot of. Yeah, he was uh, – I heard on the radio, and they were struggling. I think it was more or less an ignition problem with that car. Monday, uh, the 51 of Jimmy Smith, Bobby Kendall, Dalton Zier, uh, Ricky Baker does, and Jonathan Island. Uh, that means the top five uh, at the restart would be Ty Majeski, Paulie Schaefer, Kaden Lapsovich. Austin Nason and Boris Yurkovich, um, who I was kind of watching there. He's kind of making his way through the field and was doing uh, was doing okay. So uh, under that caution, actually, Andy Monday was penalized. They took too long, so they were going to have to start at the rear. So he actually came back down pit road a lap later, and they actually uh, checked the torque on the tires and put a pin in the deck lid. And um, well, let's uh, let's hear from Andy right now. Here with local driver Andy Monday. Andy, you had a fantastic run going, ran inside the top 10 pretty much the uh, whole time there. Uh, late caution comes out with 48 to go, I believe, and that's where the trouble started. Yeah, we had a really good car all day today. We were top five in both practices early, and uh, I was pretty excited for the race because the car's been good on the long run. And uh, yeah, we started 14th, and 
actually let a few laps in there. Um, strategy kind of played out in our hands. Uh, with fuel, we kind of stopped right at halfway for fuel and tires, and then uh, some other guys stopped the next caution, like 20 laps later after us, and we gained a whole ton of track position uh, doing that. So worked out pretty good. Um, we had one little snafu on pit road where we got a penalty, but in the end, it didn't really matter. And then, uh, yeah, coming off of turn two, Kyle Bush got in the back of Johnny Sauter and kind of pushed him up. Uh, pushed us kind of both up into the turn two wall and then uh, it caved down the, the bodywork on the uh, left front tire so that tire rub was smoking and at that point you went from 8th back to 18th uh, didn't pay for it to uh, stay out there at th that point and have a tire blow and have a bunch of more damage so we came in tried to fix it went back out it was still rubbing so we just called it a night um, overall just really proud of my guys and I posted this on social media, but it's pretty cool to run this event as a driver, owner, single car team working out of a two car garage in Appleton. And here we are racing against the best of the best that do this full time for a living. Um, past Kyle Bush on the outside tonight, which is pretty cool. And uh, just overall, really happy with how today went. Totally. Yeah, past Kyle Bush on the high side, then also got Johnny Sauter a few laps later, that same lap. So that was, that was cool to see out of you. Um, yep, it looked like Kyle pushed you up on the restart, and then Johnny kind of did the same thing a couple laps later. That was kind of the deal there. And then uh, you were the most impressive local. You had a good battle with Jonathan Island there, led some f a few laps there. What was it like battling with Island there for the lead? Uh, he was running pretty aggressive. I thought we were probably running a little too aggressive with how many laps were going to there. Uh, there, I was on the outside of him a few times, and it seemed like he ran me up and got some tire circles on the car. And then on the bottom side, he was really pinching it tight. Um, when we were battling for the lead, it was actually after a restart where there was a bunch of oil dry put down in three and four. And we both went into that turn just dirt tracking for two or three laps in a row. Um, but it, the track cleaned up pretty good, and then it was a good battle with them. Uh, just wasn't able to finish him off there and, and take the lead away, and then obviously Ty caught up, and he was just on another planet. So so uh, you talked about a penalty. Uh, what, what What's that all about? I, you said it was no big deal, but th there was a penalty there? Yeah, mm -hmm. so we have three laps under caution to finish our tires, fuel, etc. cetera. Uh, tires were no problem. We got them changed, flip-flopped on the lefts. Um, but with the way our local car is set up, we don't have the quick fill cans like the NASCAR teams and uh, the fill on the left side. So we're filling it through the deck lid with just fuel jugs like you buy at Fleet Farm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we got two and a half cans in and we needed to, at that stop, we only had a gallon and a half left in the tank. So we needed to put 16 and a half gallons in. Um, so we just kind of bit the bullet and took the penalty to make sure we could be able to finish the race and not run out of fuel. Um, so that kind of put us back track position-wise, but then again, the next caution came out and everybody literally, except for Jonathan Island, pit. So we were able to gain it all back. So it was unfortunate when it happened at the time, but at the same time, you just you stick with it. You don't stay disgruntled because it just flip-flopped right away the next caution, and uh, we were able to get that all back. So Yeah, actually, bit the bullet there, came back in a lap later and had to put a deck... Uh deck lid pin yeah in. we didn't have all the hood pins in the <laughs> back and then uh we didn't get a chance to uh retorque the right side wheels which um typically i think i'd been okay just going back out but if you're already going to restart in the back you might as well just come in make sure that all the wheels are tight you're not going to have another issue you can't when you have a penalty it doesn't pay to compound it on top of issue after issue you should just hit the reset button we know we're restarting last and uh let's make sure it's right so so uh you stayed out. Did you have enough to make it to the end? Yeah, we would have made it. Um, we would have been probably a gallon to two to the good. So 
Um, we debated strategy throughout the day if we were going to try to stop before lap 100 and just put fuel in to extend our fuel window. Our fuel window with an 18-gallon fuel cell was between 100 and 150. Um, so if we would have pit early, we could have opened that window up to take tires later. Um, but at the time, we were running anywhere from 6th to 10th to 12th, and there were still 28, 30 cars on the lead lap. It's hard to just come in for fuel at that point and sacrifice all that track position. Uh, would have been a different story if we were running 18th, 20th, just to say, all right, well, there's only 10 cars behind us. Let's get fuel, open up the window, take tires later, but do it a two-stop race. But we did it on one, and uh, it was going to work out until uh, till the end. We kind of got pinched up there off of two, so... Yeah, you were debating coming in for fuel about 20 laps earlier under that one caution, and you decided to go the way because you knew it was going to be close if it went the full distance. Yeah, I think that caution was like lap 95, and I was kind of thinking, okay, well, if we go green now and it, there's no competition caution for 60 laps, I might be running out here. And do you chance it? Do you come in and just do it? Um, but then on the flip side on lap 95, you're not going to make it on the other side of it. So it's kind of like you short pit or you stay out and... Um, obviously, the, the teams that do this all the time with the Midwest Tour and the travel teams kind of have that down to the science, and we, uh, we did it. I thought their strategy was going to work out just fine with uh, the car we had today. So the car looked good for Thursday? Not much to turn around? You, you should be good? Yeah, it's going to still be 8, 10 hours in the shop. I always take this week off for work just to be able to work on it. We got a little front-end damage and uh, body stuff to do there, but really just going through the car, probably have to change some brakes, drain all the fluids out, put new oils in everything, and typical. clean it up, just yeah. kind of your typical stuff, and then rescale it and get it reset up. So we're probably not going to make a lot of changes on it because it worked pretty good, uh, so we don't have to change shocks and springs and panard bars and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, uh, we'll get it cleaned up and see if some of that race gas will take some tire circles off the sides from the battles and go again and yeah it was it was a lot of fun I'm, I'm glad we were able to run this and run as competitive as we did yeah it was great to see you run well a lot of locals had good days earlier in the day as well so um, great job thanks for the time and we'll look forward to uh, running for the championship here uh, weekly sounds good get we'll her done, buddy. Get yep. her done. thanks so a great interview by Andy he was uh he was the most consistent, I would say, of the, the local drivers all night. Kendall led, JVO was up there for a while, but he was kind of consistently there in the top five or ten all evening. And um, we'll, we'll talk more about him as, as the race gets on here, ran into some issues. But um, so uh, most of the drivers that did pit under that caution did take tires, if not all of them did. Um, so a little bit of strategy there. Uh, Majeski again uses the top line and gets away with 124 to go. Um, ran a little ways without a caution here, about 30 laps, 100 to go. The top five were Majeski, Schaefer, Lobsevich, Johnson, and Nathan. Then a caution with about 94 to go. Brent Strelka loses a motor, and Carson Holsevar spins, and Travis Braden spun, and he actually hit the wall, and that will uh, that caused him to be out of the race. Uh, unfortunate for, for those guys. I didn't see that he hit the wall that hard until the wrecker went by, and all of a sudden you could see that the back left side was was tore up pretty bad on uh, Raiden's car. Um, at least Hosevar, he got turned around, but he didn't make contact, so he was able to carry on. And, yeah, uh, more bad luck for Brent Strucker. That was a different car of his that they haven't run yet this year. Yeah, and, uh, well, let's hear from Travis Braden right now. I know it was unfortunate, but uh, he did give us an – gave me an interview today. 
here with uh, Travis Braden, who is a two-time ARCA CRA Super Series champ, along with winning the Winchester 400 in 2016 and the defending Snowball Derby champion. Travis, thanks for joining us. Uh, you threw your hat in the ring for the Gandrud Auto Group 250 at Wisconsin International Raceway just a couple of days ago. Uh, tell us about your day. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, first of all, it was, it was really cool to be able to come up and run a, a show with the Midwest Tour. Um, I've run a few before, but never really, uh, it's been a while and never really had a, a really strong effort. Um, so we, we really wanted to be a part of this one and, and, uh, we gave it our best. So, um, you know, it was a, it's a, it's a totally different world. It seems like up, up in the Midwest, just kind of how the shows go and how the, the teams and the drivers do things. It's just, it's not totally different, but it's, you know, it's quite a bit different. And so, uh, we were just trying to kind of keep up and, and, and not make mistakes and just figure out, you know, what we needed to do and put ourselves in position for the race. And nice to just see, you know, where we would have stacked up at the end if we could have just finished the race. So that was, that was a bummer, but it was still fun. It was still great to be a part of it. And um, the field was just so competitive. So it was, it was a tough battle trying to work our way forward. And we were, you know, slowly gaining some, and then we would lose a little bit of track position and we would get it back. So, um, to, you know, totally a great race. It seemed like it was a tough race, uh, a real test, I guess. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed myself, but just, like I said, it would have been nice to finish the race was the only thing that I felt like we missed out on. Travis, if I'm not mistaken, you also, uh, have raced up here at, at WR once before in the 99 Justin Ortel ride. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that was maybe two, two or maybe three years ago. Um, yep. And so I did make one start. I don't know that that went very well. I don't remember honestly how it went. So that means it probably wasn't any good, but, <laughs> but so I had, you know, that place is very unique and I had at least seen it before. So that was, that was a plus going into the race because we didn't get a chance to come test or anything like that. So at least having a few laps around there uh, with Justin a couple of years ago was definitely helpful. You were able to make your way through the last chance finishing third in that one. That was a very competitive race. And then things, it looked like you were just kind of biding your time before a, a car blew a motor in, in front of you about just past halfway there and ended up getting caught in the oil and, and hitting the wall, which ended your day. But looked like things were going pretty well up to that point. Yeah, I mean, it, that was a real bummer to, to have that happen just because, like I said, it would have been nice to, to just finish the whole race and see where we truly stacked up when it came down, you know, came down to it. Um, you know, it was really hard for me to gauge how our day was going honestly because there were times um in practice i thought we had a great car and then when the race you know last chance race it felt like um we kind of didn't qualify well but once we started the last chance race it it seemed like we had a good car compared to everyone that was in the last chance race and we gained a few positions um pretty you know relatively easily i would call it and so i felt really good about it going into the race and then you know the race kind of started and i was just you know taking her easy everything felt okay um and then you know, as the race went on, there was just, there were certain runs where I felt like we just, we were, you know, considerably off on speed with some of the, and then there was other parts of the race where I felt like they were, you know, coming back to us and we were passing cars and it just seemed like there was a lot of ebbs and flows, um, with the competition. And it was really hard to gauge, honestly, where we stacked up, but, um, I thought we had a good run. You know, we started, we didn't even qualify in, we had to race in the last chance, and started, you know, 20th or something like that. And we were up inside the top 10 there pretty steady 
uh, right before we, we got wrecked out. So I, I thought it was a great effort. Um, very tough. I mean, there wasn't a single car from, from the last chance race and, and from lap one until we, we wrecked out that was easy to pass or easy to race with. And uh, everyone raced very fairly and, and clean. Um, these guys up there just, you know, they're, they're so good, so competitive. They don't give you an inch, but they don't, you know, they don't take advantage of you either. And, um, you know, hopefully it, it was, it seemed like a tough race. So hopefully that meant it was a good race for the fans. Oh, absolutely. I think it was. Um, and, uh, also how would you compare, um, this unique track, uh, to others that you race around the country? Cause you're a guy who goes all over the place to race. Uh, this is obviously a unique one, as you previously mentioned. Um, how would you compare the difficulty that to the other ones that you've raced at all over? It, it was definitely, you know, probably maybe the most tactical track. I, I would say, you know, I, I come from a racing a lot in Ohio. Um, you know, Kilcare Raceway was, was one of my home tracks. And I would say Kilcare is probably a little bit trickier than Kakana. But besides that, um, I would have to say it's definitely one of the most tricky tracks. Um, and I will actually say, you know, the way that you drive the place, it's like, it's not really a four corner track, you know, it's, it's very unique. And, um, the way, you, the way you have to kind of roll through the corners and make sure you get pointed off turn four and, and all those things, um, it's very unique and actually, you know, actually pretty comparable to the kill care speedway that I just, that I just mentioned. So, um, that was probably my saving grace was just having that experience at a couple of odd places like Columbus and Ohio and, and kill care. Um, you know, so I was, I was able to use a little bit of those, those, uh, tools from racing there back in the, back in the, you know, early part of my career. Um, and, and, you know, it seemed like, it seemed like I was doing okay. Most of the time I didn't feel like I was completely lost. Um, but again, it was just, the competition was so stiff and it was really hard to gauge where I felt like we stacked up in the competition. And I don't know if we were top five car. I don't know if we were a 15th place car, honestly, still, I'm, kind of scratching my head wondering you know had we finished where, where did we really stack up but um just like i said it was a very fun race very competitive and that's that's what i like to see and be a part of do you think you'll uh, throw your hat in the ring uh one or a couple more times as the years go go along with this event yeah i mean honestly you know if i had my way in, in racing which I'm working hard and my girlfriend jess you know her and i have been really working hard the past you know, past couple of months, especially, but the past year or so, we've tried to really look at, you know, how can I get more involved in short track racing and how can I sustain that and build from that and, and not only impact, you know, my own career and solidify it, but also uh, hopefully make a positive impact on all of short track racing. And so, number one, we feel it's very important to be a part of, uh, you know, racing in all the different regions around the country. Um, so absolutely, I mean, if I had my way, I'd probably say it'd be on my, on my schedule every year. Um, you know, typically Kalamazoo, the clash is the same week and it's made it hard for us to come. And I hope in the future, maybe they can find a way to schedule different weeks so that it's possible to do both shows. Uh, but this year, you know, the clash was canceled. So we were able to come and, and, um, if it would work out in the schedule in the future years, I would say, you know, it would be something that we would try to do very consistently um, you know, if we could just find a way to make it sustainable and feasible. That's awesome. Well, uh, 
you're a guy with a lot of success at the short track rank. You also have a lot of success at the ARCA rank, and uh, you actually won your first ARCA start. That was at Lucas Oil Raceway. You are able to get by William Byron near the end. Uh, you guys had the perfect strategy. Uh, I was doing some research on you. It looked like that was with Platinum Motorsports as well. Is that the same team that you're driving for with the short track program right now? Yeah, so that my first ARCA start was um... – was back in 2015 at, at Indy, as you mentioned. And, um, you know, it, it was kind of a joint effort between my family owned, um, program that we had kind of had for years prior. And then in 2015, I had just started racing with team platinum or platinum motorsports, as you referenced it, um, in the late models and everything else. And so from 2015 on, we've always, you know, we've always raced as a duo essentially. And, so that was kind of a joint effort, you know, it was my family's trailer and equipment and the car and everything. But Team Platinum was completely, you know, pivotal in helping me put that together, that, that race together. And they all came and helped at the track and, and to help prepare for the race and all that. So that was, you know, kind of our first um, first shot at, you know, the big time, I guess you might call it. And it's pretty cool to, you know, pretty cool to pull that off the first time. Although I got to say, it seemed like it was a curse because, you know, I won that race. And uh, had a lot of other good races, a lot of bad ones too, but never could ever get that monkey off my back to win a second one, and uh, never really figured out why. But just didn't, just didn't ever work out again. We almost, we actually, we, we won that race, and then we went to Kentucky Speedway and almost won there and finished second. And then it was like from there, it was just downhill. We could never, never pull off another win. But yeah, that was that was our kind of our first big time hurrah with Team Platinum and I. Yeah, and then you went on for a couple of part-time gigs with ARCA, and then the last two or three full-time, you are able to finish fourth in points last year after leading the points early. Uh, the team you were with really um, was kind of on the lower budget side of things compared to the other teams, uh, so that was quite impressive. Oh, yeah, there was, you know, it was two years full-time in the ARCA series with RFMS Racing, and um you know, that was, it, to me, that was some great experience and a great, um, you know, I learned a lot of valuable lessons, I guess I'll call it. You know, it was, it was a lot of work. I was full-time working on the cars myself with um, most of the time just one other guy. But, you know, at the most, we had two other guys helping between. So basically, at the most, there was three of us, counting myself. Uh, racing a full schedule in that deal, doing it with two or three people is is almost impossible. But, you know, doing it on a low budget, doing it with such little help. Um, I learned a lot over the years and trying to keep up with those larger teams like the Venturini Motorsports and the DGR and, and people like that. And you know, I mean, heck now you have, you have uh, Joe Gibbs racing in the series. So, you know, I've, it was great experience to race at that level. I, I've always kind of enjoyed, you know, I've always kind of liked the ARCA, um, the ARCA series. It's unfortunate to see it kind of going downhill right now, but, you know, it's, it's part of racing too. It goes up and it goes down. So. Yeah. And then uh, recently you moved down to, to North Carolina to focus on the big short track races. You kind of alluded to that earlier and to hopefully make it into NASCAR's top three series. Um, has there been any close opportunities for you to, to get into NASCAR? Because personally I've watched your career from uh, when you kind of started to come onto the scene and, just a guy with a ton of talent that um, I think a lot of the short track fans can relate to. And I think that would be a, a big boost for um, a lot of fans to see you up in the top three series. Yeah. Well, first of all, I appreciate you saying that. Um, 
you know, I've definitely, it's, it's been, um, within, and, and you got to consider how many negative factors have played into it for me since I moved to Charlotte in January of this year, um, uh, with the pandemic starting almost right away and so many, just so many negative things, but honestly, even given all of that, it's been, um, you know, it's been something that I truly wish I would have done years ago and a lot of opportunities on the table right now. None of them are easy. Um, all of them will be very hard to make happen. But uh, for the first time, I actually feel like there are opportunities that are at least halfway realistic for me to to do. And, you know, honestly, um, I, you can you know, you kind of related it to, um, you know, the short track world and a lot of fans would like to see me, you know, get a couple of opportunities at that level. And, you know, for me, one of the things that, and this is not just for me, but my girlfriend and I both, uh, we, we really love stock car racing. We really love short track racing and we really love NASCAR. Right. And so for us and, and for me, I, I would love to race at that level and still be racing as much as possible at this level and kind of, you know, be one of the very few guys, you know, you got Ty Majeski is maybe one of the only examples right now that are connecting the two and to me you know i grew up at a time where um, i didn't realize it back then but there used to be so much more of that connection between the and the big leagues and i think you know i think the sport as a whole is missing able to to do that and help hopefully bring that connection back and i think it you know i think it's something that would help um you know it would help all of what we're all trying to do here, which is help our sport thrive and, and grow. Uh, looks like it's in great shape right now, but we'd love to be a small part of helping it continue to grow. And um, I think, you know, more guys like myself having a chance at, in the NASCAR ranks and still competing in the short track world would make a big impact. Um, and for these tracks and promoters and things, I think it would help bring a lot of income and a lot of buzz to these events that they throw. Oh, I couldn't agree more, uh, you know, as a guy who also loves short track racing and NASCAR. I mean, it's great to see the guys come back. And there's some fans that don't like to see that because they don't like to see the big boys come on and do that. But I think it just brings more fans out. What a big kick for guys that beat Kyle Busch this Tuesday even. Uh, he was able to finish six, but what a big kick for them to finish that. And, and the confidence that gives you going forward. Yeah, well, and you know, it, it's all about perspective, right? I mean, I think a lot of people – um, you know, when Kyle Busch was introduced, for instance, there's there's quite a few cheers, but a lot of boos and just overall a lot of noise, right, when he was introduced. And, um, you know, you look at the only other guy basically that's competing in NASCAR world and at the short tracks with, with Ty Majeski, you know, he's a he's a favorite, right? He got a bunch of cheers. But, you know, honestly, Kyle's, Kyle's noise was louder, even though there was a lot of boos, than Ty's. It was louder. Um, but, you know, the difference there is that, you know, it's all about the perspective, right? Ty is, is a short track racer who's racing a little bit in NASCAR. That's his perspective. And Kyle is a cup champion that's spending a little bit of time racing the short track world. That's his perspective. And, you know, the fans, I don't think as much like to see the short track fans don't like to see that perspective. And that's kind of a threat almost is how it's perceived. And um, I think that's good. I think that's why the noise is so loud when someone like Kim is introduced. And that's a good thing. That means people care and uh, they have an emotional investment in what they're consuming and what they're watching. So that's great. Um, but you know, it's, there's just so many different 
levels of it, and I wish more of the guys at this level could get an opportunity at that level because uh, I just I, I see that as what sparks the the true emotion in the fan base, and the more of that we could have, the better it's going to be for everyone. You know, the more the more the next guy coming up has the the opportunity to generate sponsorship value to to his partners because he's saying, "Wow, look, I'm racing with Kyle Busch and Ty and and other guys like that." Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more again. Um, I think you're, you're nailing it right on the head there. I think a lot of fans would, would also agree with you. Um, so uh, something that I was uh, researching on you too, you, uh, you double majored uh, in aerospace and mechanical engineering. What, um, what's your goal with that eventually to use? What would, what kind of job would you like to get with that eventually when uh, racing's kind of all, all over, you're not doing it as much? Well, you know, I, I guess it's one of those things that I don't necessarily know the answer to that because, you know, you kind of never know when you're in the positions that I'm put in, uh, you never really know, you know, where your life career, what career you're going to be in, uh, where it's all going to lead you. But, you know, I, I guess going back, essentially, if you look at why I decided to go to college and get those degrees was, um, you know, I felt like it was not sensible to rely on driving stock cars as a, as a future, uh, solely as a future, I felt that it was only, you know, realistic to go to school and, and, um, you know, have a, basically a backup plan. And I felt that, you know, those two degrees are something that I really enjoyed. I loved studying and they're very directly relatable to what we do with race cars. So to me, it was common sense to go to school and do that, um, because it kind of helps me do what I do racing. And, you know, if I would, you know, if I would ever not be able to continue driving and, and, uh, not be able to make a living in the sport of racing, then I could, you know, use those degrees, whether it was as an engineer in racing or, or just an engineer doing who knows about, right. Working on airplanes or building buildings or, you know, who knows. So, um, I guess I don't know, you know, I definitely don't have any desire to go, you know, be a, you know, be a quote unquote engineer for like a NASCAR team. I don't know that that would fit my personality very well. I don't think that I would be um, unique in any way. And therefore I probably wouldn't be very valuable, but uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully it's something that I can use to, to continue building my career in the short track world, hopefully one day a little bit in the NASCAR world and, and um, you know, be a, be a, be an impactful part of stock car racing for as many years as I can. That's my goal. Uh, I feel like I can make a small impact that, that influences others and, 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 you know, it's a positive influence. And so I'd like to do that and do it as long as I can. Basically is probably the best answer I could give you. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I saw that. And I was kind of curious with the aerospace, if that was, you know, airplane or anything like that. So that's, that's great to hear. And, and quite frankly, I hope you are involved in racing and doing something because that's something that I'm passionate about as well. Um, so mm -hmm. it's, it's great to see a guy with talent and a, and a nice guy like yourself uh, continue to do this. Uh, Travis, what is next for you then? Uh, well, it's a pretty quick turnaround. We're actually um, the, the platinum motorsports shop is in Dayton, Ohio. And we drove back all day Wednesday from uh, Wisconsin and we unloaded everything this morning and, and we're um, preparing our, our prolate model, which we're going to take to Jennerstown, Pennsylvania this weekend, um, Saturday night, 150 laps for 10,000 to win. 
uh, pretty big show over there this weekend. So we're going to be heading there first thing tomorrow morning and hopefully, you know, have a little bit better luck than what we've had uh, the past week. But hopefully we can just turn our week around. Uh, beyond that, I don't really know what our schedule is the rest of the year. We would definitely like to come up and race in the Midwest again if we can. Uh, I've, I always get every time I come up, everyone's like, go to lacrosse, go to lacrosse. And um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just like usual. It's the same weekend as Winchester 400, which makes it not feasible for us, of course. But um, hopefully one of these years they'll schedule off weekends and we can come to both and um, we'll, we'll look at the schedule here and see if there's not one more show before the end of the season that we can come be a part of. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's actually uh, something that we looked at too. Cause uh, Mark and I would love to go down to the Winchester 400 and actually I think it was right. last year, the first year in forever that it has been on opposite weekends. So we're hoping it shifts a little bit. We're hoping to go to the 50th uh, Winchester 400. I think that's next year. Um, we were at the 50th annual snowball derby, um, some other 50th annual. So to, to make the Winchester 400, that's a bucket list yeah. uh, item for us as well. I know, man. It, you know, there's so many people in the Midwest that go to lacrosse and there's so many people that go to Winchester 400. Winchester 400 the past few years has been um, just exploding. I mean, they've had to build new campgrounds the last couple of years and uh, it's just been a huge thing. So it'd be great to see. I think if you consistently had them on separate weekends, I think you would start to see a, a trend. People would just start deciding to go to both every year and make it a routine again. Um, I think that would be huge because they're both sounds like I haven't been to lacrosse yet, but it sounds like it's a great event. And I know Winchester is, um, but I do know of course, when they're the same weekend um, that, you know, they're taking away from each other. So that'd be cool to see. Hopefully they're off weekends again this year. If that's the case, maybe we'll make it possible. But um, if not, we'll look at it here in the next couple of years, hopefully. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah, we hope they separate it because we would be one of those people who wouldn't go to Winchester all the time, but we'd make the trip down. We go to lacrosse every year um, for that. That's an awesome, awesome show. People are great up there. Uh, we, but we would make our way down to Winchester uh, every now and then as well. So that would be um, a great thing for all short track racing fans. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is we don't know what we're missing, right? I've never been to lacrosse and I know so many people that go to lacrosse have never been to Winchester. Um, and I can tell them for sure they they would they'd be wanting to come to as many Winchester four hundreds as possible, and they always tell me that I'd be wanting to come to all the lacrosse lacrosse races as possible. So I would love to see that happen. I've been asking for that for years, and I know it's not always easy to schedule things, but um, hopefully that sticks. Absolutely, couldn't agree more with you again. Well, uh, Travis, uh, thanks for taking the time today. Uh, really appreciate it, and we'll look forward uh, to your career going down the road here. All right, yeah, I appreciate it very much. Hopefully uh, everyone enjoyed hearing a little bit from me. I know a lot of people have seen me race a few times now but don't really know anything about me. So I appreciate you having me on and, and kind of uh, giving everyone a brief background on my career, and, and uh, hopefully we'll see you all sometime this year, but if not, very soon. Absolutely. We'd love to have you back on as well. All right, thank you. Thank you. So thank you again to Travis Braden. Uh, we, what a great talk we had. Uh, ended up being about 35 to 40 minutes and just great to talk to a guy who has had some success at the lower level, but also at the higher level and a guy who just loves racing. Yeah, I mentioned to you that you didn't remember that. We met him when he was at an ARCA race down in Madison and he was uh, signing autographs and 
we asked him if he was going to bring a super up to Kakan, and he said, yes, he was, and, and he did. Uh, I think he was coming up with the 99 car, wasn't that Ortel? Ortel's car back in the day. But, uh, yeah, coming up from West Virginia and coming up here to race, um, yeah, nice guy. Too bad we uh, I didn't get to run into him. Uh, he was packed up early, and uh, they left. They had a long, a long travel to get back home. Yeah, and and you'll hear more of the the interview here, Mark. It was it was quite. We talked about a bunch of that stuff, and man, just a just a super super nice guy. Uh, hope to have him on again. Um, just a guy who loves to talk about racing and wants to be involved in racing for for a very long time. Uh, so the restart comes with eighty five to go. Um, Jonathan Island was the leader at this point. Andy Monday second. Ricky Baker third. Ty and then Schaefer. Um, Island chose the outside and took the lead, but him and Monday kind of swapped it back and forth for a while. Monday took the lead with 82 to go. Um, fantastic battle between those two. And then Island took it back with 80 to go and Ty got by Monday as well. Yeah, that was some tough racing that was going on there. So, yeah, but uh, good stuff. Yeah. We talked to Andy about a little bit about that off camera, but uh uh, good battle, good racing. Yeah, it was, it was getting down to it then, you know, 80 to go. Yep, so then uh, Ty was able to take the lead one lap later with 79 to go. Uh, Pauly Schaefer to second with 73 to go. And then Casey Johnson started to make his run. He was up to fifth at, at that same moment. Uh, and speaking of Casey, let's hear from him now. Here with fifth place finisher Casey Johnson. Casey, an awesome finish for you guys. Had to hold Kyle off, uh, Kyle Bush off at the end there. How fun was that? Oh, it was uh, <laughs> it was a workout. I can tell you that. I mean, uh, it was like 40 left straight of qualifying, pretty much. He uh, he uh, he raced me real clean. It was a lot of fun. Had a decent day all day. Hung around the top five, top ten all day. Really came on a little late and then settled for fifth. Yeah, I mean, I th we were really saving early, you know, riding around, and I thought the car was real strong, and, uh, you know, we put tires on, and she really freed up. I thought uh, I thought for sure we'd be top three. This is the first time that car was out on the track. Yeah. Is that different than your championship car that you Oh, much different, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a whole different package, you know. We were kind of learning a few things today, a lot of a lot of don'ts, you know, in practice. So uh, we, we took a couple steps back to what we unloaded with and uh, made some real minor tweaks, and it was actually pretty good. What's the biggest difference from your car, Chase's car, and then the Apex kind of combination car here? Well, it's really uh, my cars. I mean, it's all, you know, aluminum 5.3 motors. This one's Southern Parts motor with Fury, you know, full different suspension, different shocks, bump stops. I mean, it's a whole different animal. And then uh, Chase's car, I mean, that's uh, full-blown super late, just Pathfinder style like my car. So uh, mine and Dennis's are pretty similar. We can use nodes back and forth, but this one's kind of its own uh, baby. How would you care, compare racing Fury versus Pathfinder? Because traditionally you are a Pathfinder guy, um, but racing a Fury here. I think they both have a lot of a lot of advantages. Um, they definitely got their quirks, you know. I mean, uh, our notebook's extremely small with this Fury car, and uh, we got a, a, a dictionary on the Pathfinder stuff we've been running up so long. So I think uh, they, they both have great speed, and uh, I think we can get this one a little bit better, the Fury, um, with a few more laps. So unfortunately... Uh Looks like, you know, Tundra's the only race you're going to race here in September. Otherwise, you're done here for the year, huh? Yeah, yeah. That I'd never even thought about that. Unfortunately, it would be. I mean, uh, you know, if I hook a Thursday where I get done with work a little early, I think I have about one phone you call away that, from You driving. said that W word, uh, that, that naughty word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I'd, uh, 
if I can get down with work a little early any any of these Thursdays, Dennis already gave me the green light to come up here and drive. So uh, it's not out of the question to be up here. Cool, man. Cool. You were supposed so. to run the red, white, and blue. The right race get, white race gets uh, rained out there. Um, so no blue race then for you? Probably not. No, I'm not. I don't think so. It's not. Uh, like I said, we're we're doing what we can to get on these traveling races, days off here and there, and they uh, they stack up a little bit. What's uh, what's next for you then? I got a Tundra race at Clover, or Tundra race at Wausau on Saturday, and then uh, following week we go back to the Dells again for Black Friday. Awesome. Oh, good. I'll see you down there. Yeah. I'll be down there on really? the 15th. Yeah. Sure. yeah, we'll try to see you around. Uh, thanks for the time again today. Great finish. Long race. Long race. Yeah, Dalton, <laughs> thanks for having me. Yep, thanks. Thanks, Casey. No problem. A great run by Casey. I think they were looking for a little bit more, but can't be disappointed with fifth uh, with that group of drivers out there that night. And, you know, you did see some drivers struggle. Um, unfortunately for Bubba Pollard, a guy who we were looking forward to, to seeing, he, uh, had a very, very tough day, had a race in the last chance race, didn't make it through, got a provisional. And, um, that was pretty much the story of his day. Just, just nothing really went right for him. Uh, he goes to the pits with 69 to go and, and that was it for him. I was standing between t- turns one and two doing, you know, my traditional crank it up on Facebook there. And uh, he came out of the pits and came down into one. And then when he came out of two, he was so loose and then it cracked on him and he was headed towards the outside wall. And I thought he was going to have a, a wreck right off the bat. And I, I thought to myself, hey, welcome to Kakana, buddy. Here you go. And uh, he struggled all, all race long. He was in the back. Um, he ended up with a little track position, uh, tried to make it work, and he just fell and he tapped out. Uh, Kakana got the better of him. But I'm sure he'll uh, put some notes in there, and if he comes back next year, uh, <laughs> he'll be a factor. He'll put that in the bank, and he'll make it work. Yeah, a guy we've talked to countless of times, a guy that I have personally begged to come for five to six years, uh, was finally able to do so and didn't work out the way he wanted to. It almost looked like he was using too low of a line and two. He didn't give – usually they're about a half a foot to a foot off so they can really point it off the corner looked like he kind of wanted to ride the bottom the whole time. And actually in qualifying, he actually hit the grass there and slid up the track a little bit. And, and that affected his qualifying run. Uh, but kind of looked like if he would have uh, diamond that corner almost like some of those drivers do, I think he would have had a little more success. But it's tough when you're there for the first time. Like you said, I'm sure he'll he'll be back and be more successful. Yeah, I saw on race, race monitor, his fastest lap ever was a 1968. You know, so he uh, he didn't have no fast laps around there, but uh, he's good enough to come back and uh, and uh, he'll be a factor if he comes back the next time. So, absolutely. Back uh, I Schaefer into second a few laps later. Um, Austin Nason was up to sixth at that point. Uh, Sauter seventh, um, and then Schaefer um, Schaefer gets by. Um, it's by the by Island again to second, and, and Lapsovich goes to third, and that was with 58 to go. Um, Casey Johnson got up to fourth uh, while Island was struggling a little bit. Uh, he was back to fifth. Nason was right behind him. Um, actually, Island, Nason, and Sauter had a very, very close battle with 53 to go. I, I th- actually thought there was going to be trouble there. 
Yeah, I had my camera on that one, you know. Hey, that Paulie Schaefer, that's another one. He was he was on the scoreboard all day long. He he has a way of running Kakana really well. Absolutely. And uh why don't we hear from Paulie Schaefer right now? Here with uh third place finisher in the uh Gandrude Auto Group 250, Paulie Schaefer from Indiana. Paulie, great run. You and Caden had a great battle. Yeah, me and him were side by side the whole race, and I think I think we were the same speed, but whoever was in front was going to stay in front. And he, uh, there at the end, I, I wanted to win. I wanted to beat Ty Majeski and like anybody else. And I got in the bottom and got sideways, slid up, and uh, the 16 just got me, and that was the end of that. I just couldn't get back to him. I wanted to, but I couldn't. It was just, we were the same speed. Another guy that has raced all over the country there. Um, how would you compare this to other tracks, and where does it rank for you? It's one of a kind, and it's definitely in the top five. It's... Uh, it's, it's a really fun track, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's really good. We're really good here. We've finished third in this race three times now. So we'll, so, uh, so they pretty much shut you down down south, so you're kind of having a hard time finding a place to race? Yeah, Grundy's not too bad. We're uh, running for a points championship down there this year. And then uh, Indiana's kind of... I think they're racing, but I don't know. I don't know if CRA is running or mm-hmm. we haven't really even looked into it. We, uh like running up here up in wisconsin there's the best racers whether it's local deals whether it's touring series they're all good i mean this race here tonight they didn't wreck a single car yeah, yeah. i mean there's a couple guys that spun out hit oil whatever but they didn't wreck a single car and that says a lot these guys out here are awesome i mean they're great racers and they don't tear up equipment and that's priceless current point leader down at grundy if i'm not mistaken yep yep we're uh doing pretty good there we got twin 25s this friday so we'll see what happens you might come back for the blue race i hear Maybe we'll see. We'll see. It. Uh, we'll it'd be tough. It. Yeah. The <laughs> weights and stuff and the rules are all different. So, like I say, we'll uh, play that by ear and see what they want to do. And you know, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. No guarantees. What else did you need tonight to get up and take the checker flag? The 91's just good. Uh, I don't know if anybody has anything for him, and I don't know if they have for the last five years. I mean, he is better than ever, and. Uh, it's tough here because you can't really use a guy up or outrace him because it's so big. He's just he's just that good, and I wish him the best. Hopefully he can make it happen in the trucks and nationwide and move on up. Are you going to stay with the tour and, and go to Fest and all that? Yep, yep. We'll uh, keep going to the tour. I love supporting Greg. Greg's a great guy, yeah, and he, so yeah. he means the world yeah, for racing. So, you know, for everything he can do in Wisconsin, we'll support it. That's cool, you know, man. That's even, cool. If, That's good stuff. even if it's Madison races, we'll be there. Yeah, He's Madison, got super lates for there. so sad Madison ain't going this year, you know, so. Yeah. You run good there. Yep, yep. We're pretty good at Madison. Uh, I like running up there. But more than anything, I like supporting Greg. He's a good guy. He listens to the racers. You know, and it's tough finding our promoter. So, like I say, he's one of the best. What's next for you besides Grundy? Uh, we got the Grundy local shows, but then we got uh, the Grundy Midwest Tour Race August 22nd. And then after that, I think there's a Dells race and a lacrosse. And I think Greg's still trying to filter in another race there, but sure, to be determined. Awesome. Well, uh, another great run tonight. Thank you for taking the time. We'll look for you down the road here. Sweet. Yes, man. Thanks. Good, good run, yeah. man. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks. it. Well, Jonathan Island was struggling so bad, he actually had an issue. Uh, Caution comes out with 49 to go. Um, The top 10 was, uh, at that point, was Majeski, Schaefer, Lutsevich, Johnson, Sauter, Nason, Monday, Kyle Busch, Trumpy, and Krause. Um, uh, Majeski, again, once once again, chooses the outside. Do you see a theme there? This 
especially the last uh, about decade or so. A lot of people have chosen the outside on the restarts here. Um, so with 44 to go, we go back to green. He's on the outside. Paulie Schaefer was actually way ahead at this um, on this restart, and they let it go. I was super surprised by it. Um, Ty was able to take the lead one lap later, but uh, a restart that I thought was going to be called back. Yeah, Ty said on the radio, I heard him say, I thought I controlled the, the starts. And then, uh, you know, I think it was a lap later when Derek Krause got spun in four and didn't hit nothing. And then Ty made the comment, come back. He says, well, that's not going to happen like the first time. So, yeah, I was looking at the light, wondering if they were going to turn it off, but they, they let it go. So, <laughs> so it was what it was. Yep. So, uh uh, Ty again uh, restarts on the outside with 37 to go. Good restart this one. Uh, Paulie Schaefer got really, really loose. Caden uh, Lopsovich was able to capitalize. He went to second. Um, but Johnny Sauter also was extremely loose, and, and it cost Monday big time. Uh, he got he got so loose that uh, I'm almost surprised that him and Monday didn't hit the wall. Uh, but that that was the begin of Monday's troubles here, as we mentioned in the interview. Uh, he had a tire rub, had a pit. Um, he ran good all day. So he pits with 30 to go. Uh, he went two laps down. The tire was still rubbing and that was it for them. Yep. No use staying out there. If you still got a tire rubbing, you're just in the way then. So with that little, ain't going to gain nothing out of her being down that far. So best thing to do is park it. I, uh, kudos to Andy for doing that. Yep. Yep. Uh, no use, uh, wrecking your car. Um, when you're a couple of laps down and you got a race Thursday and you're going for points. So I absolutely understand that. Um, with 25 to go, Majeski continued to lead over Lapsovich, Schaefer, Nason, and Johnson. And, and let's, uh, let's hear from Austin Nason right now. Here with fourth place finisher, Austin Nason from Illinois. Austin, great race for you guys. Really came alive at the end. Yeah. Uh, we just struggled a little bit there at the beginning, a little too free. And then, Took tires and got caught up in traffic. It's all about track position in these super weights. Um, just too tight at the end. We started running down, I think it was second and third there. Just didn't have enough. Just ran out and uh, finished fourth again. What else would you have ne needed to get up uh, to second, third, or even take the win? Uh, I don't know if we were touching the 91 car. They got something figured out here. So uh, just need to turn better. That was about it. Uh, we could roll in and had a ton of drive off. Just couldn't get through the center. So. Uh, We'll mark that down in our notes and come back next year and hopefully it'll be better. You like this place? I mean, this was one of your better runs. Huh? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> this two fourth place finishes in, uh, in this race. Uh, so, yeah, I will take it. And it was better than Wausau. <laughs> so, uh, we're back on the right track. Uh, been struggling for the last couple of weeks. Uh, just trying to find speed in these cars. But uh, I think we finally found something and uh, we'll stick with it and keep going on to the next one. Yeah, you race all over the country. Uh, how would you compare this place, or where do you rank this as as uh, one of your favorite tracks among all the, all over the country here? Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Like I tell everyone, I wish it was a lot closer so I could race here weekly. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's unique. It's different. Uh, it's got its own characters. Uh, so there ain't uh, there's nothing like this place. Uh, so it's just fun to come back here once a year. I wish we could get up here more, but. It, between work, racing other places, and uh, being a dad, it's kind of hard to get up here. So, uh, like I said, I wish it was closer, but um, when we come here once a year, I love it. So, so uh, what's next for you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
between fest and all that. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. We'll keep with the tour probably. Uh, probably throw a couple specials in here and there, but uh, between work, I, like I said, and being a dad, it is. Uh, it's very hard to get going racing right now. So uh, we're really busy, which is a good thing that keeps the racing going. But sometimes it's hard to skip out on these weekday shows. But like I said, we'll stay with the tour and go from there. Yeah, I'm a newer dad as well, so I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine working on a race car while being a dad as well. So uh, thank you for the time today. Great run as well, and we'll look forward to you down the road here. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. Congrats. Thanks. Congrats, Thank you. Well, thanks, for Austin, for the time once again. Um, the race ended up going the distance from there. Ty Majeski goes back-to-back wins the Gandrud Auto Group 250 for the second consecutive year. Caden uh, Lopsovich was second, Paulie Schaefer third, Austin Nason fourth, and Casey Jonathan rounded out the top five there. Kyle Bush finished sixth, and uh, he was kind of uh, around that position all night. Him and Casey, you know, Casey and Kyle, that was the highlight of the last few laps. They were trying to battle it out, and Casey, uh, he held off Kyle there at the end. Yeah, and uh, yep, absolutely. That was uh, you were watching that one closely because they got close a couple of times. But good hard racing by everyone. Um, you saw a lot more cars finish this this year. Uh, you and I had talked about it on the previous podcast that this sometimes can be a war of attrition here. Um, but all in all, a lot of drivers finished. Not any really um, Some other guys had trouble and fun. Uh, what a what a great event! And um, man, let's uh, let's hear from Ty, your, your winner right here. Here with the Gandrud Auto Group 250 winner, second time. Uh, this race kind of played um, some uh, hell with you for a few years, and then now you're two time winner with with going back to back here. Yeah, the the race really played out in our hands. We had lap numbers in our head that we wanted to uh, put fuel in, and then of course put our tires on later in the race and. Uh, the cautions fell um, within a few laps of those numbers, so it uh, really worked out well tonight. Uh, we stayed, uh, uh, I guess, at the, the lead of our strategy, um, so uh, I, I knew when we put tires on with, with 90 to go and, and those guys that already put their tires on, I knew we were in we were in pretty good shape there. So um, just everything went our way tonight. Um, didn't get uh, you know too deep in the field. Last year we had the same strategy and we restarted, I don't know, way in the back 20th or something. And um, this year we, we restarted ninth or so. Uh, so it all worked out tonight. Took the lead with uh, 46 laps in, 204 to go. And uh, you pit that, that one time for fuel early. Other than that, you were the dominant car by far. A lot of other drivers said you were just in your own planet there. Yeah, it's, um, you know, this is pretty much the same. It's the same car, uh, pretty much the same exact setup as last year. We had a different engine package in it. Uh, but other than that, the actual, you know, the mechanics and, everything that is exactly the same as last year so um you know we made a couple of changes uh, throughout practice and some like some that we liked and some that we didn't but uh overall man this thing was just uh, spot on tonight so you say this is, was your best car ever I, hear, I heard you make a comment um i don't know if it was my best car ever but it's definitely up there um you get race cars like this uh you just try not to give these races away <laughs> uh so but no toby and i have a lot of fun doing this we, we talk pretty much every day on the phone so uh, even if I'm in Charlotte and sometimes it's related to racing and sometimes it's not. So it's, it's, uh, we have a great relationship and, uh, that's what makes this program go. 
You made a comment at the end of the race that the motor was missing the whole day. I mean, you were in you were in a different world, and the, and the motor was missing. I mean, that's that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it was affecting us too too much, but it was uh, definitely there. Um, we tested last week in lacrosse just to shake this car down because we put a different engine in it and stuff. And uh, they had the two week testing ban prior to a race, so we couldn't come here. Uh, so we shook it down in lacrosse. We had that same miss and uh, changed a bunch of stuff on it and came back here and still had the same miss and uh, we changed a bunch of stuff today and uh, still didn't still didn't hit on it so thankfully uh, it didn't get any worse throughout the night and uh, we were able to hang on you missed the track record by a coat of paint <laughs> yeah um, if I could have had the lap over maybe we could have got closer maybe we could have got it uh, I didn't hit three and four quite how I wanted to uh, still a great lap though I mean anytime you can get in the 18 second bracket here is uh, that's getting around that's, here pretty that's good. That's your fastest lap you've ever turned here. Yeah, uh, last year I was actually looking uh, just at paces or qualifying results, and uh, last year I ran a uh, 96 in, in the blue race, so uh, 91 tonight definitely is uh, top. A 91, tops. huh? There you go. God, how's that work for you? <laughs> yeah, you actually have the first unofficial under 19 second lap. I think it was two years ago uh, during practice in yep. 18.999, so you've done that a few times here. Uh, it's incredible that these cars are going that fast here. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, obviously the, the racetrack really doesn't get any faster, right? It, it's wearing out more and more every year. Uh, just a testament to the technology of these race cars um, getting better each and every year. Uh, teams pushing each other to be better and better, and it's uh, it's remarkable how much super late model racing has come. Some uh, great job all around uh, on the super late model team. You've had some bad luck, some good trucks, but some bad luck in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors truck series yeah i mean uh kansas we had uh man we had a really fast truck there just not, not the results to show for it so our program's headed in the right direction for sure um so i'm excited to, to see what's on the horizon uh with myself and these trucks are getting better and uh, i'm of course getting better too as i as i'm gaining experience uh that's a big thing just uh just the race craft that the trucks take to uh to be competitive um you know knowing when to be aggressive and when not to be is uh is key in those things well, um, th what's next for you? Uh, Michigan on Friday. So uh, excited to go there. And then Daytona Road Course, then Dover, uh, then Gateway. So we're going get, to get to some short tracks here, some, some places I've, uh, I've run well in the past. So uh, hopefully we can get a win and get ourselves in the playoffs. You'll be back at Festival, right? You got time for that? It's hard to say. Uh, you know, we, don't, we only know our truck schedule through the end of August right now. So um, all my late model stuff is uh, TBD. Sure. I was just going to ask about the local scene, but that answers it. Uh, well, great job tonight. Congratulations on a sex in Dixieland. And appreciate we'll it, guys. Uh, look forward to you on the way here. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Appreciate it. Well, awesome job by that 91 team once again. Uh, like I just mentioned, uh, what a fantastic event, Mark. Uh, boy, it was, a, it was a great night of racing and really couldn't ask for much more. Yep. That's that's the highlight. That's that's our Daytona here at in uh, in Wisconsin in the middle of August. So uh, yeah, fun stuff. A good race all the way around. Yep, we'll look forward to to that one in the future. Again, always one that comes up on the on the bucket list every year. Um, so um, it was awesome. We got some more racing. Uh, boy, a busy week for us this week. We had uh, Tuesday. Then we have tonight with the Fox River Racing Club, um, Apton Breakfast Rotary Club night. Um, some more people going into the Hall of Fame as well. The Circle of Fame, that's a that's a great thing there. I know Tom Refner is one of them going in tonight. A well-deserved honor. He was pretty pumped about it on social media. Um, 
And then we got Saturday with Road America. So busy, busy uh, week ahead of us yet. Yeah, we still got some more racing here. Yeah, it looks like another beautiful night tonight. Um, so everybody, everybody get back out there, support your local racetrack. And yeah, and then Road America looks good. The weather is going to hold off till later in the day. Um, 11 o'clock start for that Road America race. And with all them people going in there, going to have to get up way early in the morning before the rooster crows to get down there and, and get uh, get in place for uh, for Road America this Saturday. Yeah, and the uh, the other driver that's going in is actually Gene Coleman, so a guy who's been around the short track scene for a long time. So Gene Coleman and Tom Reckner going in tonight. Um, it's going to be another good night. Uh, points are very close. Everyone needs every position here, so close but uh, hard racing. Looking forward to it. More Thursday Night Thunder, TNT. Let's get, let's get it on. And also the Stan the Man, Stan Grayson Alley race tonight, the, the biggest one of the year for the Super Stocks. Um, Stan meant so much to the racing community. Uh, the Grayson Alley family does. Uh, still got a bunch of them racing today. Uh, today. Um, uh, that'll be a cool event, too, and one that uh, – people will be watching for and it's going to be a uh, mean a lot for those drivers to race in that race oh yeah every year it's an annual event and it's uh always look forward to it so and uh yeah a little prestige behind that one and then we got the uh the the pounders are out there the, the mods are going to be there for their one-time show tonight and sounds like they got got the purse kind of jacked up on it get some extra money for some incentive out there and i'm hoping a whole bunch of them guys come out so they always put out a good show out there too Absolutely. Yeah. That, uh, that group of drivers is phenomenal. It's so cool to see him come out and do that. So that's added tonight as well. Um, hope to see you out there. Racing starts at six 30 tonight. Uh, if you're not able to make it, hope to see you at road America or down the road. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining me again. What a great, uh, what a great night on Tuesday. And we got a few more this week. Look forward to hanging out with you. Yep, get her done. The season's into August, so we got to keep her moving. Yes, sir. Well, uh, thanks again. Again, you can follow Double L Sports Network on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, that is LL Sports Network on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, make sure you like and follow us along there. We'll, we'll have some more content coming out with you. Uh, Mark, we'll see you later. Thanks again. Yep, see you tonight, buddy. See you, everybody. Yep. Thanks again for listening. See everyone out there.